right, there you go. You hear the music from the studios of Grand Forks Best Source on a Wednesday. It's time now for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Been a while since I've talked to him, but standing by your realty expert, John Brodeen. We'll talk with John in just a minute. Life with its many stages. From the my little one has just arrived stage to the I have arrived stage. From the first home you'll ever buy to the one home you'll have forever. No matter where you find yourself in life, your forever agent will be there. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. For you, for life. All right, and we are back. John Brodeen in the house. How are you doing, man? Good. How are you, John? Good. I haven't seen you in a long time. I know. You uh, you get, you get a new hairstyle or something? You look different today. Just growing it out. Yeah. Growing it out. Switching it up. Yeah, you're going to go like long enough. Don't tell me you're going to put a man bun in it. No. Okay. No, I'd no have to bun. slap you. No. No man bun. Okay. You you want to know a week? I better be not say what we call them. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's keep it keep it uh, PG here. Well, we used to be able to say it on the radio. Oh, okay. But yeah, the douche not. Anyway, ah, oh, there we go. It happened to get slip out and dangerous. Dave, thank you. You're the one that gave me that. Um, uh, how's the little one doing? Really good. Good. Yeah. That is awesome. You know, spring is in the air, John. Uh, yeah. People are getting antsy. People got cabin fever. Yep. Um, say a young couple. I'm going to use you as an example. Yes. Um, have your first child. Maybe it's time to get out of the apartment. Maybe it's time to go buy your first house. Let's talk about things you need to know before you go shopping for that first home. How's that? Yes, yep. So this is really important. If you're thinking about buying your first home, you're going to want to pay attention to all of these. Um, there are a lot of myths that you'll hear, You know, stuff you'll hear from family members, stuff you'll read online that can mislead you into making a mistake, mm-hmm. um, You know, a lot of misconceptions, traps here and there. So this is going to really help you out. Know what to avoid. Know what you can do. Know what you can't do. Um, so... The first thing I'll tell you that this confuses a lot of people too is you can get your own realtor. You do not need to call the name on the sign. Mm -hmm. Um, When you call the number or name on the sign, you are calling the listing agent or the listing company. So the listing agent is the one who works for the seller, but you're able to actually have your own agent who works exclusively for you. Right, right, okay. So what will end up happening if you call the agent on the sign is the listing agent will end up showing it to you. And if you end up buying that listing, they'll end up just representing both sides, which is called a dual agency. Okay. Um, and usually this isn't someone's intention when they call the name on the sign. They just want to see the house. Mm-hmm. Or else the other alternative is if they call the company name on the sign, somebody from that company, random personal, come show them the house. And you know, with either of these situations, you might end up now developing a relationship with this agent, even though you know you didn't plan to work with them, you don't really know who they are. So be intentional about who you uh, work with as an agent. Don't just fall into a relationship with uh, a real estate agent by accident Mm -hmm. and they become your agent because you don't know if they're good. So do a little bit of research, ask around, ask your friends, get recommendations, read reviews online. And and, and you can even kind of um, interview agents, can't you? You can. And that's more common for sellers. Buyers, I see it seems like way more often buyers end up uh, you know, kind of falling in with their buyers agent okay. by accident, sure, where they sure. just connect somehow. Same thing with open houses. So, um, if it's totally fine to visit open houses, even if you already have an established relationship with an agent, J- just know that when you visit that open house, the reason that agent is hosting that open house, they might be the listing agent, they might not be. The reason they're hosting that open house is to try to make connections with home buyers. So they're going to be trying to develop a relationship with you and become your agent. 
And if you already have an agent and you're not interested in that, you can still visit open houses. And if you just tell that agent who's hosting the open house that you already have a realtor, they'll kind of back off and leave you alone. They're not going to be. Oh, okay. Okay. So, So if I'm looking at a house and I see whoever Joe Blow has got an open house, and I go look at it, um, and they say, oh, be interested? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I might have to call my realtor, John Brodine, and have, you know, that's perfectly fine. Yes. Okay, yep. okay, okay. Exactly. And even if you want to write an offer on that house, and it's either the listing agent or a random agent from that company who's hosting the open house, you're under no obligation to write the offer through them and have them represent you on the purchase just because they were the one at the open house. You can have your realtor represent you on the purchase so that's something that causes some confusion or maybe makes buyers uncomfortable if they don't know exactly what the etiquette or what the rules are with that so that's the situation there so the bottom line here is be really intentional about who you want to use as your buyer's agent Um, reading reviews online asking around for recommendations checking agents out on social media all this kind of stuff like figure out who you want to use and establish a relationship with them. Don't fall into a relationship with an agent and they become your realtor by accident. Right, right. Um, so in the second thing here that causes a lot of confusion is uh, most people think that if they get their own realtor, it's going to cost them more money. And that if they avoid getting a realtor, they're somehow going <clears> to <throat> save money. So they think they're maybe going to save money if they go straight to the listing agent or they think they're somehow going to save money by not having a realtor until the very last minute. Mm -hmm. You do not pay your realtor hourly, so get in touch with them early because it's not like a lawyer where every single phone call you're racking up a bigger and bigger bill. You could work with your realtor for six months as you're planning your move, and it's not going to cost you any more than you know if you were to call them the day you want to put an offer in on a place. And it's much better to have that trust and relationship built up. And you know they're the expert. It's doesn't cost you any extra the more help you ask for from them. You know, I would imagine, because uh, we see it all the time, people, uh, house for sale by owner, uh, people maybe buy a house without going through a realtor because they think they're saving all this money. But let's think about it. I know a few people do, but usually it bites them in the butt. Yeah, and that's the one thing I was going to mention. That's one of the exceptions where the only, pretty much the only way that you can end up actually having to pay for your own buyer's agent is if you decide to buy a for sale by owner the and maybe you approach the for sale by owner originally yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's best if you want to look at a for sale by owner that you have your agent approach that for sale by owner sure. because that's going to give you a much better chance of the seller paying the commission, which is more standard. If you approach them yourself and then the realtor gets involved, the seller is less likely to be willing to pay your realtor. Okay. So you have to choose between either paying your realtor yourself or going unrepresented against the seller, especially as a first-time home buyer, that can be a little bit scary and daunting because you don't know the contracts, you don't sure. know the norms, you don't know what you should ask for, what you shouldn't ask for. Um, that's the only scenario where you can actually end up paying your buyer's agent yourself, really. Um, so, um, yeah, it doesn't cost you any more. So lean heavily. And your agent is there for a lot more than just to open doors for you. Sure. The most valuable thing your agent provides you with is their advice and their expertise. So lean heavily on their expertise, lean heavily on their advice, get that relationship established very early. They can set you on the right track by recommending a lender. They can get you connected with the other people you need to get connected with. Um, don't wait until the last minute for this. It's going to make it much easier. Um, so, uh, Let's see. So we covered this Um, pre-approval. So I just mentioned getting in touch with your realtor. Mm -hmm. The other 
major member of your team as a buyer is your lender. Sure. Ask your realtor for a recommendation on a lender and get pre-approved early. If you think that there's some sort of benefit, some people are overly scared of having a credit ding on their credit report when they apply for a mortgage. Mm. You're going to have to do this at some point anyway. Yeah, you got to do it. So do it early. The, the issues this is going to help avoid is if something comes up where it's like, oh, there's something you didn't recognize in your credit report, you can get it resolved in time yep. and then figure it out and then get pre-approved. Um, if you waited until the last minute and maybe it takes three months to get this issue resolved, you found a home you love, you've been shopping for a while, you've been putting off getting pre-approved, you find the one and then you find out that you've got this mysterious thing on your credit report that's not yours and you need to get it removed before you can get you know, approved for the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of other things that can go wrong that you want to get to, you know, the bottom of it early. Sure. And, you know, or, and it's not always credit report. People check their credit reports with credit karma. I recommend that to everybody know what's on your credit report, but there's other stuff with maybe the way that your income is being reported. Um, the type of, you know, employment status that you are, you know, there's some different um, struggles if you're self-employed versus if you're a W-2 employee, how long you've been at your job. That's why you need a real uh, a lender's expertise, okay? So get pre-approved early. Um, you're not under any obligation to buy a home if you get pre-approved, okay? Right, right. And you're not under any time crunch to buy a home. Your pre-approval is going to last for like 120 days. And if that expires before you find the right home, that's completely fine. They already have all of your info, so it's much easier to renew a pre-approval than it is to do a whole mortgage application and start the process. So get the hard part over with early. You're not under any obligation to find a place in a certain amount of time. You're not going to be pushed to buy before you're ready. It's just part of being a qualified buyer. Okay. So um, and so here's another thing that people uh, don't expect, and sometimes they're surprised when they find this out. They think the only cash they need to come to closing with is their down payment. So whether that's you know a VA loan where you're putting 0% down, an FHA loan where you're putting 3.5% down, an insured conventional loan where you're putting anywhere between 3 and 5% down, they think that's going to be their total cost to get into the place, which is not true. So when you buy a home, you have your down payment and then you have your closing costs. Closing costs are made up of your prorated property taxes, your upfront year of homeowner's insurance, your lender origination fee, which is usually around 1%, your portion of the title work. So this is usually going to amount to about 3% of your purchase price. So when you're saving up for your first home, you know you need to save up a little bit beyond whatever you plan putting down on your down payment. You can get some assistance for part of this, but whether you can get that or not is going to largely depend on what uh you know on what the market is like and mm-hmm. how much competition there is for the specific listing that you're looking at um so a couple of other things appraisal um you don't get to pick your appraiser you do pay uh you pay your lender for the appraisal the uh, lender orders the appraisal it's random which appraiser picks up the order that's to avoid any sort of funny business or collusion or anything like that um so appraisal, you're going to pay up front shortly after your offer gets accepted. And then you're also going to pay for your home inspection up front. You can pick your home inspector. So that is completely up to you, who you pick as your home inspector. Um, and you're going to pay for that at the time of the home inspection. So those are the two upfront costs before closing. And then the rest of those costs come at closing. So okay. you don't get to move into the house. So it's not like an apartment where you view it, you put a deposit down, you can move in a week later. Um, you don't get to move into the house until closing, and it takes about 45 days from contract to closing. 
So it's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Save this video. Watch it back when you need to. Um, If you're in those very early stages and you don't know what's on your credit report, check your credit karma. Make sure there's nothing unexpected on there. Um, Start your process of saving up. Get that cash. You know, I wouldn't recommend draining your entire bank account for your down payment plus your closing costs. Because you do want to have some cushion, um, mm-hmm. especially for that first year of owning a home, because maintenance and repairs do come up. Oh, sure. Um, but start preparing early, develop that relationship with the realtor early, get some good professional advice early so you don't make some of these mistakes that could cost you a mm-hmm. lot of hassle and time later, and get your team established. Yeah, and, and if you think you're going to save a couple of percentage, you know, or a couple of percent by not going to a realty expert, uh, I, I think it's just ridiculously not smart. And uh, this is something that uh, since day one with the Berkshire Hathaway biweekly podcast that we've been preaching, and that is get a hold of your realty expert plenty early. And there's not even an opportunity to save any money by not having a realtor in the, most cases. You're just right. going to end up in dual agency and it's. There's mm-hmm. gonna, the same commission is going to be paid. It's just both sides of the commission yep. are paid to one agent instead of you having your own agent. Sure. And then that way, um, all of a sudden you go, well, I didn't know that. How much is that going to cost? Yeah. If you would have had a, you know, a realtor like yourself or anybody at Berkshire, you would have known that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right. How does somebody get a hold of realty expert John Brodeen? So go ahead, subscribe to me on YouTube, follow me on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere you'll be able to find me. I'm putting out a lot of content. So get to know me through that. Learn about real estate through that. If you're ready to become a client, my number is 701-213-5428. If you're thinking about moving this spring, let's get in touch now and we can start planning things out. All right. We will see you Friday morning. Yes. Sounds good. Hey, have a good day, man. Yeah, you too. All right. There you go. Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast with realty expert John Brodeen. That's your Wednesday edition. Stay tuned Friday morning, 10 a.m. We've got another one coming your way. 